The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Welcome, everyone, to this week's edition of the 360 Recruiting Podcast, presented by Sooners360.com. This is Matt from 360, and I'm here with Chris Mason, our lead recruiting analyst. Chris, people have been asking on the boards about your accent. Tell us a little bit about what Thanksgiving's like for you. Well, um, I just got finished putting putting together a bolognese for uh, a ragu for a lasagna bolognese tomorrow I'm going to have for Thanksgiving um, in the Mason household. We don't do traditional Thanksgiving all the time because um, as you guys have you know commented, um, you, you're hearing an accent from me and uh, I am originally from England, grew up in England, was born in England. And then uh, my parents moved us to South Wales. So I, I lived in a small village outside Cardiff, Wales for four or five years. Before my family again, uh, we were moved to Tulsa, Oklahoma uh, when I was 11. So I was one, one day living in Wales, and the next day uh, moved to America. I'd never been, never been to America before. So Probably, probably uh, quite the culture shock there. was a little bit of a culture shock going from a small village in Wales to Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, Went to Francis Scott Key Elementary in Tulsa, and then uh, for high school, I went to Tulsa Memorial High School, uh, alma mater of, of OU defensive end and NFL defensive lineman Isaiah Thomas, one of the few players Tulsa's ever actually uh, produced Division I uh, talents that uh, Tulsa Memorial have ever produced. So um, I'm feeling a little bit of conflicted loyalties coming up with the World Cup going on right now. I know not everybody are big soccer fans, but growing up in England, I'm, I obviously am. So, because I have connections to Wales, England, and the U.S., and they're all in the same group. So, um, on Black Friday, England's playing uh, the United States, and the United States needs need, needs some help to get through to the next round in the, in the World Cup. So, it's a big game with England. And then a couple of days later, I'll be trying to figure out who I'm going to cheer for between Wales and England. So, the, the easy answer is just to choose England. They're kind of the Oklahoma Sooners of the of that trio. They're the they're the powerhouse in soccer. But um, you know, it's 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 interesting they're in the same bracket, and um, it, it does make for some 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 conf- who who am I cheering for? Because I would very much like to see the U.S., Wales, and England all get through, and I just don't think that's possible. Unfortunately, not. So, who you got on Friday? I don't know. Um, it's it's going to be one of those times where I just I, I'm not really sure who I'm cheering for. So it's it's I know I'm I'm not going to wake up at five a.m. to watch uh, Iran play Wales, but if I if I was, I would be definitely cheering for Wales. But the the England U.S. game it's it's tough. I'd like to see the U.S. do well to 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 because I think it helps soccer in the U.S. and and just. You know, with the U.S. hosting the soccer uh, World Cup in 26, it would be nice if the U.S. could have some have some success in this World Cup. Well, before we see what happens on Friday with that, 
Uh, we've got a lot of news to get to today, starting off with three new verbals for the class of 2023. We certainly do. It was a big recruiting weekend. We talked about it on the last podcast. We talked about the official visitors. We talked about the unofficial visitors. And, and OU had, had a, has had a fantastic result coming out of the weekend with uh, three verbals. And today, the third verbal came in. Kendall Dolby, a JUCO DB from NEO, uh, goes about six foot, 185. Um, early enrollee, possibly here in January. Uh, where do you see him fitting in? Well, he's a really, really physical DB. He's very fast. He plays all over the secondary for NEO. He's the conference defensive player of the year. And his his conference, NEO, plays a really good JUCO schedule. They're playing Garden City, Coffeyville, Hutchinson. Lots of players getting uh, power five offers and lots of defend, lots of defenders getting power five offers. And, and OU only made two JUCO offers uh, so far in this cycle. One was to Kendall Dolby and the other one is to Keyshawn Blackstone, who's an offensive lineman who's just terrific, has power five offers from everybody. So it's a fairly select group that Dolby finds himself in and he just he looks really good on film. He's very physical. He's willing to tackle. Some of his highlights maybe border on targeting. So he's certainly <laughs> not afraid to stick his helmet in there and 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 blow up a receiver or two. Um, but he also shows really good coverage, really good instincts in terms of reading the play, being in the right place. I think this is a really big addition for OU, especially with Woody Washington's status kind of unknown. I could see Dolby easily fitting into a, a cornerback rotation with uh, Gentry Williams, uh, CJ Colden, if he's able to return, uh, and Kanu Walker, um, oh, I think has been injured most of the year, but, you know, was certainly a force in, in spring. So that's the that's the rundown on, on, on Kendall Dolby. Just uh, it doesn't seem like it, but when you talk about a, a power, uh, a Juco athlete getting nearly 14 offers with a bunch of power five offers, including SEC offers. Uh, he, he was really sought after. And if anyone hasn't seen Caleb or Barry, two of our admins over at 360, their uh, breakdowns of his film, uh, they go super in-depth, um, talking about Dolby, how he's a different type of player than the previous regime under Grinch, and how he brings kind of a something different to the backfield that we have not seen uh, in the last staff and maybe even the last couple staffs. So everybody's super excited about his potential. Uh, circling back to the high school ranks, uh, we also had a commit this week from a defensive tackle and possibly nose guard prospect from Los Angeles, Ashton Sanders. Tell me a little bit about Ashton. Yeah, we, we talked about Ashton last week. Um... But just to, to recap some of that, Ashton is is right now he's around 6'2", 280, and it's because he's lost nearly 60 pounds the last two years. He's just dropped a lot of bad weight. Um, he's enrolling early in January. Uh, on film, he's a he is an attacking, penetrating defensive lineman. He's making plays all in the backfield. Uh, so he's coming in early. So there's a good chance, I think, that he could – 
he could work himself up into the the two ninety five range, a rock solid two five, you know, two ninety five with with his burst and his his motor. Uh, I, it's it's not hard to imagine him being kind of a depth piece next year for OU uh, in the in the defensive line group. Who right now the nose guard position it's it's Isaiah Coe and we're not really sure. So it wouldn't take much for I think Sanders to develop enrolling early, hitting the weight room, hitting the nutrition, and 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 being someone who who could be a who could be a nose could be in the nose guard rotation for for OU. It was a really good recovery in terms of recruiting from losing out on a Caden McDonald and uh, and a Maury Washington uh, in terms of, I mean, Sanders is a really good athlete. He's got good P5 offers. Uh, Wisconsin was the, was perhaps his best, one of his better offers. And I really think Jim Leonard and Wisconsin really, really no defense. So I, I think that's a program that may have its issues and certainly has issues this year, but you know, Jim Jim Leonard knows defense, and, and Wisconsin knows defense, and they know defensive line. And I th- I think he had an offer also from Washington out of the pack. Um, not quite the same defensive history in the trenches as Wisconsin, but also a program that's that's high on defenders. They make really good evals. Um, they do. And what, there's what's a, there's great- a lot of Washington. A lot of sorry to interrupt. A lot of Washington guys in the NFL right now. So you're right. Yeah, so that's that's good, and and I think the best thing that I like about him is what you've already brought up. He's he's committed himself to proper nutrition, to working out. He's uh, he's working on cutting all his bad weight. He's he's really good in the classroom. Apparently, um, it, it's a guy that Venables wants to bring into this program to make an impact on the field, but also in, in the, the weight room. Um, you know, he, he seems like a true leader and a type of guy that Venables wants to have in his program to kind of get rid of the, the stigma on this defense and be a guy that's passionate about the game, passionate about bettering himself, um, which is exactly what this recruiting class needs. Uh, based on what we've seen on the field this year, yeah, he's a he's 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 a leader. He is a constant uh, constant motion guy. He has a ridiculous number of tackles for a guy playing an inside defensive line position. In terms of his high school, uh, his high school stats, he has tackles for loss. He has uh, sacks. And uh, he has some some ridiculous stat of like fifty seven quarterback hurries. I'm not sure how we how we got that, but um, he's just he's he's a really good looking defensive lineman that I think we need to start recognizing and understanding that this staff is going to take take guys and and ex, and you know accelerate their development, you know, and really build them up. It's, we don't just need five star guys who can start immediately. Got to start building some program depth. Got to start building some program, some program guys who are going to develop and be stars when they're, you know, redshirt sophomores or or juniors or seniors. And I think Sanders fits that bill, you know, perfectly. And perhaps another player that fits that bill is the third verbal out of the big Bedlam weekend, Taylor Wine out of Tennessee. Tell me what you think about him. 
Well, his film is just, it's excellent. It's, it's, it's not the film of a guy that had no off, no power five offers before two weeks ago. And uh, now he's got power five offers from uh, about 14 different programs, including Kentucky uh, and Cincinnati, two programs that have done a good job finding gems and turning them into NFL players, NFL D-line. Uh, he's at the gate all of a sudden with a rival's, uh, rival's ranking of 5.7. So they've so out of nowhere, they've already ranked him as their highest three-star uh, three star uh, player. So I think the ranking services, by the time they go through all their gyrations and re-rankings, I, I think he's going to end up as a low four-star kid somewhere in the top 300 range. He, he just has that kind of potential on film. He's he's going to show up in June. Uh, if he shows up in really good shape with OU's limited defensive end depth right now, I think he could. I think he could be a factor, just like Sanders in the in the defensive line rotation. I think ideally you'd like to redshirt uh, Taylor, but I, I'm not sure OU's going to have that going to have that luxury. Well, it'll be interesting because we'll we'll get into the portal talk later, but. Like you said, there we're a little thin out there, and you've got a guy that's six six. He's got super long arms. Um, he's very aggressive, and he he just makes plays. He keeps his eyes in the backfield, and that's not something that we've really seen out of any ends this year for the Sooners. So, like yeah, he you has said, that burst. He's, he's got that burst off the edge too. I mean, it's he's. He he's 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 not quite PJ Adeware, you know, level, but he's he's got that burst. He will he will get to the quarterback off the edge, and that's and if I think all Sooner fans would agree, we need more of that. Absolutely, and I know uh, Barry did a quick breakdown on uh, how we need some physical development, but he's got a uh, next semester in high school to really get after it and hit the ground running in the summer to. Uh, you know, get get his body where it needs to be to to hold up against college level and power five level tackles. Yeah, I mean, you you see, OU is playing R. Mason Thomas, and I think R. Mason Thomas is what? Do we think he's two fifteen, two twenty right now? Yeah, probably two twenty range. And he's he's struggling, but he's he's making plays. But I, it wouldn't surprise me if 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 Taylor Wine. Comes in at you know six five six six two forty two forty five and it, the kid's just going to make plays and and we and 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 push and, and push for push for reps in the defensive end group and like you said with Sanders um, at the end with you know losing Vasic in this class big blow Vasic looks like he's going to be great but staff did a great job going out there scouring the country targeting this guy to fill that spot and I think it's a you know, a perfect backup option there. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a very nice recovery from losing Colton Vasek, who, as you said, is 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 going to be a great. Looks like he's going to be a great prospect. But on film, you know, Taylor Wine looks like he's giving you a lot of those same skills and ability. Very similar frame, and he's he's very physical. He's he's making plays out there, and he's he's got a fairly broad. Uh, skill set pass rushing right now too so it, ideally oh you could redshirt taylor wine i'm just not sure we, we have to see how the portal shakes out and we're, we're going to get into that conversation a, a little bit later so 
uh, let's 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 move on to some of the other, some of the other big news coming from the weekend. Yeah, they, those weren't the only uh, defenders that the Sooners had on hand. Uh, there were a couple. Texas five stars there, Peyton Bowen and David DJ Hicks. Uh, what, what's the latest with uh, with those guys? Well, it seems like this podcast is always going to have a section on these guys, at least until until signing day. Although I guess it's possible both of these guys could drag out their recruiting to February signing day. Uh, I sincerely hope not, but this where point, do we, we wouldn't be shocked. <laughs> we, we wouldn't be shocked. Nothing, nothing. No, no, nothing would shock us about the twists and turns that this, this recruiting is taking. So let's start with DJ Hicks. Uh, he took his official visit to OU. Uh, everything seems to have gone really well. OU did a good job uh, laying, out a, laying, laying out a foundation for how Hicks can help OU. Uh, where Hicks fits in our defense. I think Hicks probably... It was a good day for the, and we'll get to this a little bit more in a bit. It was a good day for the Sooner D-line to get six sacks, uh, to, to really show uh, what this defense could be. Uh, the only negative coming out, of the, coming out of the weekend was the next day. Uh, there was Steve Wiltfong for 247 in an interview with, with Hicks, and Hicks is talking about taking a visit, his official visit to Texas A&M right before the December 21st signing day. Now been floated around that that visit's been established for a long time so it's not really new news it's just something that hasn't really been out there that much because dj doesn't do a lot of interviews at all so there's been a lot of you know a lot of noise that ou's making a big making a big run at dj um we've posted on our on our board that we, we think ou's still making that run and we we think there's a there's a strong you know there's a, I said uh, I thought that OU was very warm with DJ Hicks last week I think I'll I'll stick with that temperature setting uh, for now I think OU's still very warm there Oregon's somewhere in this picture I'm not quite sure where but the biggest change perhaps in Hicks's recruiting with OU is that his his high school teammate. Uh, Damian Sanford uh, showed up on campus. Sanford is a guy um, who kind of gives you some versatility. Um, he might be a smaller edge and kind of the R. Mason Thomas mold, likely a linebacker, a uh, very physical guy. Um, you know, probably your, your Mike uh, going forward. Um, after St uh, hopefully Stutzman moves over to Mike next year and then Sanford can kind of slot into that role after that. Um, high motor, very physical. Um, I know Barry really likes his tape. Um, he's a guy that can come in and, and possibly play next year. Uh, will probably be pretty thin at linebacker. Uh, I think, you know, this is a guy who like we talked about earlier, is a departure from the evals that the last staff would have made. He's not the longest guy. He might not be the fastest guy, but on tape, he is a true football player. Yeah, there's a, there's a, like his second clip of his highlight reel, he absolutely destroys his quarterback. Like I was, 
I was a little bit afraid for his uh, for his well being. It's but beautiful. Same for being on camp. Yeah, it's, same for being on campus with Hicks. They're they're very connected. They're both committed to Texas A and M right now. There's there's a lot of noise that Sanford had a fantastic visit to Norman. We have an OU. We have a we have a we have a, a source that indicates it was a great visit. Uh, that OU is maybe more in play for a Sanford flip than was generally thought going in. I think some folks thought that, that uh, this wasn't OU didn't have much of a chance. I think that's probably increased. And there's also a connection that. Uh, Sanford has a highly, very talented, highly rated 2025 teammate um, who is Jaquaz Petaway's uh, cousin. So there's now an OU offered uh, top 20, offered this 2025 kid, um, Petaway, uh, Jamon Petaway. He's a cornerback, uh, top 30 in the country right now in the rankings for 25, for whatever that means. So there's a little more of a connection with Sanford than I think most of us really realized um, that Jaquez is obviously, you know, he seems to be really committed to OU and maybe a little bit more of a connection that, that Sanford has to the, to the OU team and the OU class than we had thought. Well, hopefully that pays off because even if you don't get Hicks and you can swing a guy like Sanford, uh, I think he, he brings a lot to this class that, that Venables really needs to instill what he wants to do on defense. Yeah, most now, definitely. Another player that could definitely step in, possibly day one, not sure he would start right away, but absolutely a guy that would make an impact in his first year, Peyton Bowen. Yeah, so if if the if my 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 ranking on where OU is with DJ Hicks is OU still very warm. It, on Bowen, it's starting to look like OU is hot. There is a lot of noise about a flip occurring from Notre Dame to OU with Peyton Bowen. I'm not sure how long this will drag out, but I think there's a strong possibility in the next week or two, we could see a, a final decision coming from Peyton. And there's a lot of indications that OU is working the, the family connections the way they need to. Peyton was back on campus again. His girlfriend has signed to play soccer at OU. She just signed a couple of weeks, a couple of weeks ago in November. So uh, I think Notre Dame fans are, very much in fear that they, they could be losing uh, the number one rated player from their class. And, you know, we did a roundtable discussion uh, last uh, earlier this week, and I asked which I asked the, the I asked the group, who do you want more, Hicks or Bowen? And, and kind of a shocking upset, our, our, our roundtable kind of chose Bowen over Hicks, which is kind of amazing when you think about how desperately OU wants a five-star uh, D line OU fans want want a five star defensive lineman, but you know Peyton Bowen is 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 that good at safety? I think he's just that good. He is that good of a football player. He is that good of a playmaker that you know defensive line obviously is great. But if you have a guy like that on the back end, um, you don't even have to worry about 
that presents a lot of different things that Venables can do with the defense and fill in the D-line with guys like Sanders and Wine and other good evals like that. Um, and then you've got the guy on the back to clean everything up. I think that's uh, uh, a no-brainer. The, I, I originally said Hicks, and the guys convinced me that Bowen is probably the one I would go with. Okay, well, the the last real visitor that was kind of a surprise, he was sort of got the the, the dreaded mystery secret visitor label, was uh, uh, now Etta, a defensive end from Texas, Colleyville, Texas. He's 6'5", 260. He's committed to Michigan. His film is really good. You can see why Michigan made him a priority. Um, I'm not sure OU has much of a shot here unless somehow distance starts to become a real issue in in terms of um, Etta and his family uh, coming to make a decision and deciding they 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 want to they they want him to go somewhere closer by because he seems pretty committed to Michigan and Michigan's having a great year. They're doing a great job producing NFL defensive end and defenders. So I I'd like I'd I'd like to see um, Etta back on campus for an official visit and and for OU to have a real shot at at turning him around. But I think it's more of a maybe it's more of a wait and see and and see when things get a little closer to signing day if if the distance issue bubbles up and and, and the family decides they need to take a, another look at OU. And we we heard from a couple different people that you know the visit went about as well as it could for a guy that's sneaking in just kind of checking it out um and we gave him a lot to think about. I think quickly thereafter we saw some um you know, Twitter activity with Michigan, and then he did an interview that said he's locked in with Michigan. So hopefully, you know, like you're saying, the coaches are kind of playing the, you know, just come up here. We're two and a half hours up the road, uh, and and hopefully those little tidbits um, stick. And like you said, we can get an official visit from him. We're kind of running out of time, but um, if we can get him back on campus, I think that'd be a great sign. And then a couple other guys that we've had on campus um, at the defensive line position recently were also there for Bedlam, the 2024 D-line duo of Nigel Smith and David Stone. How are you hearing uh, about those guys? Well, they're 24 guys, 2024, so I don't think a decision's coming anytime soon. But they have both been to Norman a lot. And David Stone um, is back, uh, I think, from IMG on Thanksgiving break. And the first thing he did was go to get himself to Norman, decked out in OU gear for, for Bedlam. So I think that, that says a lot. And Nigel Smith has been to OU a number of times during the summer, camps, games, uh, junior and junior events. I think he was at the spring game. I'll have to double check that. So, but Nigel Smith is top 50 in the nation at defensive end. He's 6'5, 260. Kind of a very similar def. If you ask me for maybe a comp, he, he seems very similar to Eno Etta on film, to be honest. And because uh, I've been watching a lot of junior film uh, lately for D line, because we're, we're about to put up a 2024 D line. Couple of D line articles for 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 our readers 
everyone knows David Stone, but David Stone's IMG film is absolutely fantastic uh, for a junior. Uh, I think he probably, if he uh, if he wanted to, he could easily reclassify. He, he just looks that good. I think this David Stone is the guy that Sooner fans might think David Hicks is in 2023, but David Stone is really that guy. He's a uh, I think he's up to four now in the two four seven rankings. And he's a yeah, guy he's, that he can walk on campus and be a difference maker immediately. Yeah, he's he's six five two eighty five now. At least that's what he's listing on his huddle video. Which means, and he doesn't, and he's he's not got like any bad weight. If you see him, saw him on the sideline, even in a puffy jacket, he he looks he looks like just a super lean athlete. So he he's going to be 300, 305 without even blinking. So having those two guys on campus, um, the two four seven the two four seven guys have started to put some crystal balls in for OU with Nigel Smith. I, I, I'm not sure where they're coming up with that information, but they're obviously. I got to give Parker Thune credit. He's he's pretty connected with Nigel, so uh, it, it's interesting. And, and David being on campus again, making OU a focus is 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 good good news for Sooner fans because. 2024 is loaded with D-line that are that have connections to OU and interested with OU. And if you can get these two guys, that's a, a perfect foundation for that class. That class will really be one of the first ones that'll be, I think, a, in their sophomore season when OU makes the transition to the SEC. Well, when you do that, you want to have guys like Nigel Smith and David Stone on your roster. Because these guys are SEC type players, all the way. Well, the, the, the entire the entire country wants David Stone, and almost the entire country wants Nigel Smith. So there's not an SEC program in the country that wouldn't take either of those guys right now. And speaking of the SEC, you know OU is a couple years away. Brent Venables' first season has kind of gotten off to a rocky start. How big was that win in front of all those recruits last Saturday? Well, I think really what we've been struggling for in terms of trying to figure out how to evaluate this year is that is the team's looked has been just so inconsistent. And I think it was just nice that the defensive recruits got to watch four quarters of excellent defensive football that Brent's no longer defensively, at least, having to ask the recruits to imagine what OU could look like as a dominating defense. They just, he had the blueprint for four quarters against OSU to show them. Um, offensively, we'll, we'll just show the offensive recruits the first quarter. Um, right. <laughs> and, <laughs> and we'll also ask them to imagine um, Jackson Arnold leading that attack. Um, for, for in the future, which I think will work for most uh, offensive recruits as in terms of a template. And, and OU's had good offensive performances this year as well. So, but defensively, this was, this was sort of, this is who we are. This is who OU can be defensively, right? This is 
four quarters of dominating football, only allowing a touchdown and really only giving up that touchdown because of a, a terrible PI call. So I think from that perspective, the other thing I, re- I really like, Matt, is that OU, you know, with um, Enel Edo visiting OU and with Sanford visiting OU, it seems like OU is sort of through the doldrums of losing Colton Vasek and trying to fend everybody off, fend everybody away from their recruits. And it seems like OU's, and I know OU's gotten three verbals again, three verbals, you know. So it seems like OU's back to being in like being the the hunter in recruiting. Whereas it just felt like for so long after the Hicks decision and the the losing streak and the Vasek notes, it just kind of seemed like OU was just on the defensive in recruiting that everybody was sort of hunting us. But it just seems like this win, the verbals, getting some other players, getting some other players to visit, the possibility of a of a flip from Peyton Bowen and maybe DJ Hicks at OU's kind of flipping the switch and going on offense in recruiting. And that win against Oklahoma State kind of reinforces that momentum. You know, momentum's just it just kind of builds, right? The verbals help momentum. The win helps momentum. Going bowling helps momentum. So I think that the win was just kind of the the next turbo boost for OU getting getting some recruiting momentum back and going on offense in recruiting. Which carries over into the madness that is the portal. How is OU going to attack the portal this offseason? Well, Matt, one of the problems um, trying to track portal recruiting is high school recruiting has kind of got kind of got a nice pattern going to it. You can kind of you can track follows on Twitter, and then eventually the player themselves will say, "Hey, I've gotten an offer from Oklahoma. I've got an offer from Texas A and M. I've got an offer from Alabama." So the the player kind of lets you know, "Hey, OU's involved with this guy." But the portal's very different because the portal players aren't really getting re aren't really getting offers, so to speak. They're not getting offers in the same way a high school kid thinks of offers. And hey, I should tell everyone. So a player hitting the portal isn't isn't tweeting out, "Hey, I got a OU wants me, A and M wants me, Texas wants me." So we're going to have to track follows and try and track when players. Uh, announce when they're visiting campuses. So it's going to be it's going to be tricky, and it it, it kind of adds to the madness because when players hit the portal, then all of a sudden rumors just start flying around that you know OU's after this guy, they're after this guy. Um, we're not involved with this person or that person. So it's it's going to be it's going to be very very crazy to track, and the craziness has already really kind of started. Um, FCS team, FCS teams, and Ivy League teams, uh, their players have already started streaming into the portal. We've already seen uh, some other players who aren't currently active with their teams uh, have been able to put their names into the portal. OU's following one player, that's kind of got our own, got our 360 message board kind of kind of interested. And that player is uh, Grant Dubose. He's a wide receiver from Charlotte. He's uh, 6'3", 200 pounds. And he has over 1,600 yards receiving the last two years. I've seen a YouTube highlight of him, of him 
playing ball at, at Charlotte, and he, he looks really good. And you've mentioned that uh, roundtable we did a couple days ago. Uh, on that, I brought up, you know, we're going to need to go after a pass catcher in this offseason, a guy that can come in, make an impact. There's questions about Marvin Mims. Is he going to go pro? There's questions about Drake Stoops. Is he going to take that fifth-year eligibility and come back? Is he going to try the pro waters? Is he going to try coaching? You've got a couple other question marks all throughout that depth chart. So a guy like DuBose who can come in, he's been productive. He's got the size. Uh, one thing that Levy did like a lot when he was at Ole Miss was bigger bodied wide receivers. He definitely fits that mold. And I think it's a guy uh, to definitely keep an eye out for. Yeah, and just for just, for just one couple example of just how crazy it's going to get. December 5th is when this all sort of will kick off. But some, as I said, some players who are not really with their teams have already entered the portal. We already have Donnell Harris, um, a top 50 player from Texas A&M. He's from the Miami area. He's an edge pass rusher. He retired due to injuries, but he's now been cleared. It's kind of a similar situation to um, Jalen Phillips, who was at UCLA, five-star everything player who retired for injuries and then kind of was able to rehab and his body. And then he transferred to Miami, um, played outside linebacker, defensive end. And, and he's now with the Dolphins. I think he was a either a first or a second draft draft pick. So, you know, Harris might be somebody who can rediscover their career at a new place. Um, then you have um, Alabama cornerback Kyrie Jackson. He's run into some disciplinary issues at Bama, it looks like, and he's already put himself in the portal. He's a top JUCO guy that Bama was very happy to get. He's got a lot of potential, a lot of athleticism. So we're, it hasn't even started. We're, we're nine days from even officially really being um, the, the launch of the, of the portal land run. And, we, and we've already got, you know, players from Texas A&M and, and Alabama in, in the portal. And I would imagine that Harris is not the only Aggie that's hitting the portal this offseason. Well, there was a list of players that didn't play during the UMass game for Texas A&M. It's been floating around the Internet, and it was – I want to say it was close to 30 players. Now, some of those guys are injured, but but a whole bunch of the absences were, were not really explained at all. And it was a and bunch, of fresh, were, bunch of freshmen, bunch of freshmen and sophomores, a lot of very talented high school players. So that'll be interesting to watch. I know A&M's obviously done this coming weekend. That time frame between the last game and the portal will be interesting to see how much gets announced via Twitter like Harris did. And then from there, the news, like you said, is going to run wild. It is because the other element of this, obviously, is, is, is NIL. If a lot of established players, if you were a junior NIL money when you signed as a high school fresh, when you signed as a high school player, was well, didn't really exist. So, 
you're now a junior. You've had two years of excellent high, excellent college football. Maybe, and you're being contacted by colleges offering you NIL, NIL deals in a similar way to, to how USC recruited uh, Jordan Addison away from Pittsburgh. So you have that factor uh, definitely in play as well. And recruited is an interesting word to use in that situation. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm extending the term far beyond its its conventional use. Um, uh, you know that that we got so used to in terms of, of how 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 recruiting worked, but NIL has changed all that, and it's and the portal, the 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 confluence of the portal, instant eligibility, and NIL is disrupting college football um, to a degree that I don't think anyone can have imagined. And I think OU fans have felt it more than anyone. Yeah. Um, OU certainly not immune to any of that. Um, you know, we've been asked on the board, are we hearing specific guys? Um, you know, is there anybody that we need to look out for? And I think what we're going to do is just kind of let these guys have their moment. If they want to announce they're leaving, um, you know, that's, that's on them. Everybody who's going to have a, a reason, um, you know, you can look at the depth chart and probably decipher a couple guys that you can highlight. Um, but beyond that, I think we're going to kind of hold off, not blow any, anybody's news up. Um, I think that's just a, a good way in this situation to, you know, not anger anybody on staff, not anger any of these players let the announcements come as they come, but we are expecting a few Sooners to move on. That being said, that opens up a lot of scholarships. All these, there's going to be a lot of guys in the portal. There's going to be a lot of good guys to recruit, try and get on campus. You lose some, you win some, hopefully the ones you win give you a chance to win on the field. Yeah, I think you know, I think OU has some definite positions where they would they would like perhaps for a portal upgrade if there if 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 one exists. And there's just some positions where OU needs some needs somebody with more experience and veterancy than what we have on the roster. Um, tight end is one spot where uh, a portal player who has some experience would would seems to make a lot of sense. Um, Defensive line, obviously, if there was a uh, if there was an upgrade possible, that would be good. Um, linebacker, we could just use a player with some experience. You know, there's there's lots of players out. There. I think everyone gets so focused on well, is there like a five star in the portal who we can get? Um, you know, Baylor picked up a, a linebacker from Iowa who's been a really good player for them, Doyle. And would be a really good linebacker, would have been a really good linebacker for OU this year if he had gone to OU. So, and there's always, there's, and like I said, there's a lot of players at the FCS level who could really help OU. A lot of talented players um, at, at different schools. So I think there's, there's just some belief that you can, you, you know, you only need to get players from Bama or Clemson from the portal. That's the only people who are going to help. And that's, it's just not true. Yeah, usually the guy that really makes an impact is a guy that, you know, went to a mid-major or a place like Pittsburgh. We can go back to Addison. Um, 
you know, he really showcased his talent, but now at USC, he's solidifying himself as a top 10 NFL draft pick. So yeah, there's guys out there like that. Yeah, there's definitely, it's it's gonna the A and M situation is kind of throwing a the rumors around A and M is kind of throwing the whole portal thing into into a little bit of a an unknown territory. If if A and M does suffer severe attrition from their their number one recruiting class of, of twenty two, that's that's something that's college football's never really seen before and doesn't really know how to deal with. So, but for the most part, I think. Oh, you will be aggressive in the portal. And the the other thing I, I think that will help OU this year is that this staff has been in place all fall preparing for, you know, possibly adding portal players, as opposed to, you know, OU was really kind of in a rush last year, the Lincoln Riley thing, you know, Florida OU. They weren't expecting to have to replace their coach after Bedlam. You know, they they hired Brent. You know, fairly in a fairly quick manner, but by the time Brent really had his bearings, you know, it was it was signing day in December. And then, and then your your bigger guns like Bates, what he wasn't even on campus until January. Um, all the guys in the portal that you're going to go after were basically gone by that point. Yeah, exactly. So, and you know, Chavis was a brand new coach; he didn't really probably have the the connections that he has now having been on staff for a full year. And, you know, so it's, it's been, you know, and, and, and Valai was also came in a little bit later, if I remember right. So that's almost half, that's almost most of your defensive staff. And if we, if we want to talk about that, the portal impact of guys this year, I think we maybe expected a little bit more from some of the defenders we really get. I think we did, and I'm wondering, you know, how much this staff expected off the current roster that was already in place. They might have, you know, thought they could ha- get a little bit more out of these guys, and, um, you know, you're behind the eight ball. You get a couple guys you think can make a difference. They don't really. It's a learning experience. Venables now has seen what he needs, seen what he needs to do, and hopefully he can get out there and do it. Yeah, so I think the the so really for for us is uh, at soon as three sixty we're we're gonna obviously focus and drive towards the high school uh, national signing day on the twenty first and and keep driving on these players, but we're also gonna keep up on the transfer portal as, as much as we can in terms of tracking who's who is OU really interested in who is actually you know. Who are they actually bringing in? OU's. I mentioned this on our um, on our roundtable. OU's been very frugal with official visits lately. Um, Tyler Tyler Wine actually came in unofficially and committed on his unofficial visit. So, um, Enao Etta, when he visited, that was also an unofficial visit. So OU's holding back a a group of official visits for portal players. So that traffic is probably going to get used in December. So I think the weekends around uh, December 10th and December 17th 
We may not see too much more high school players visiting officially, but I, I think we're going to see uh, a fair bit of portal activity. Well, that activity will definitely be tracked on Sooners360.com. Uh, you know, Chris is out there um, keeping lists. Um, we got a guy, Saptown Sooner. He's doing a great job as well, bringing some names that he's seeing out there. Um, we've got Barry and Caleb doing great evals of these guys, and we're just going to keep keep working at it these next couple weeks. Like we've talked about, it's going to be crazy. We're going to do our best to keep everybody updated. Um, we're going to have our weekly podcast to kind of review everything, and we hope to see everybody on the board. Chris, final prediction, Friday, who you got? <laughs> Um, well, since Harry Kane seems to be healthy, I think, I think I'm going to go England 3-2. I think the U.S. is going to put some goals on a suspect English defense. I like the sound of that. Except I'm going with a draw. 2-2. <laughs> that's my prediction. All right. Well, that, that's, that's entirely possible. And, and, I'm, and, I'm, and, I'm, and I'm also cheering for Wales like 2-0 over Iran. So there we go. Well, we'll see what happens, and we will see everybody on the board at Sooners360.com. We'll be back next week with another, and we'll be back next week with another episode of the of the 360 Recruiting Podcast. Yep, sounds good. We'll see everybody then. Bye bye.